Are you ready to embrace the possibilities and discover what's next in your life's journey? Join me, your host, Marie Wallace, a certified coach, author, and speaker as we embrace the encore. Each week, we'll dive into topics such as personal growth, overcoming challenges, and finding fulfillment. Get ready to be inspired by stories of resilience, triumph, and the incredible power of reinvention as we dive into interviews with remarkable women. Together, we'll uncover practical tips, actionable advice, and the unlimited possibilities that await you on your next path. It's time to rewrite your story, follow your passions, and live a purpose-filled life. Embrace the Encore is your opportunity to shine brighter than ever before. Hi, everyone. Marie Wallace here. I'm so excited for today's podcast. I have a longtime friend of mine, Lisa Bryce, with us in the studio. And before we get started, I'd like to share a little bit about Lisa. Lisa Bryce is the owner and founder of TimeWorks Professional Organizing. She also created Precious Gems Personality Types as well as Legacy Works, an organizing tool she developed. Throughout her more than 30 years of organizing the homes and offices of hundreds of people throughout Northern California, Lisa helped her clients to better understand the how and why of their organizing style while she worked with them. She also hosted her own radio show, The Boomer Connection, on KTXZ FM Radio in Sacramento. She's a frequent guest on numerous television, cable, and radio shows where she shares her organizing expertise. And I'm super excited to have Lisa here because she and I go way back. Lisa, you've accomplished so much. Before we actually get into legacy works and time works, I would like to go back and share with us a little bit. How did that start? What was going on in your life? Share a little bit about your journey of discovering this passion and what inspired you to pursue it. Well, thank you for having me. You inspire me, Marie, not not me inspiring you, but I'm grateful to be here. The journey goes way back. As you know, we are never the sum of what we know or what we've been. I had worked as a secretary, didn't like it. All of these jobs that you do that you're good at, but you not necessarily like it. So I discovered that I really enjoyed organizing because everywhere I went, they go, oh, Lisa will organize you. And I just loved it. It was it was like a game to me. It wasn't even work. And so I thought, this is what I want to do. But is there really is there really a market for this? And so I went back to college and I took a career class and I asked the professor, I said, do people really do what they love doing? I mean, do they get paid for it? And she goes, yeah, I do. And I thought, well, you're supposed to say that. You're an instructor, right? And she goes, no, you need to read this book. Do what you love and the money will follow. And I thought, what the heck? Why not? I got the book. I read it. And I thought, hmm, maybe there is a market for the gift that God's given me. And I started researching more. I started to get certified in everything I could get certified in and just found this amazing love and passion for organizing. And at the time, there was only a handful of us, and we all knew each other, and we all would refer each other, and it was just a really close group. Now there's probably about 2,400 in the Sacramento area, but then it was just this close group. I started doing it, and I just loved it. I remember, Marie, the first time that I actually said I was a professional organizer because nobody had heard of it. And so I was at the Delta King and this lady 
was, uh, you know, the host there and she had me stand up and she said, so what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a professional organizer. And they all laughed at me. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just say? And she goes, what exactly is that? So I explained what a professional organizer does. And all of a sudden she's like, ooh, I need you. And that changed the whole atmosphere of everyone there. And all of a sudden it caught on like wildfire. And that's where I was on TV. I had my own radio program, started just rolling the ball like that, my own book now eventually. So it's kind of, it's been just a wonderful journey. That's so awesome, Lisa. Now, I I love how it all came about, but from our conversations in the past, I know there were some obstacles, some challenges that you faced while exploring this. Can you share a little bit about your story when you were bedridden and how all this kind of came together? Can you share that for our listeners? Because I want them to hear what you went through. I was really, really on the cutting edge. And I was making money hand over fist and I was on TV and radio and everything was going really well. And we went on vacation and I got on my quad and I was at full throttle and I hit a sand covered fire pit and the wheels dug in, the bike landed on me and it was, it was bad news for me. I had ended up a hairline fracture in my neck, broke my wrist, uh, my knee and my shattered my feet. So I had six operations I had to let all my clients go, all my beloved clients who I love, but I wanted to make sure they were cared for. So I gave them to other organizers and I saw my business just completely go off the map. I mean, that's how fast your world can turn. In the same year, we lost our glass business because of the 2008 downturn. Everything seemed to be hitting us all at once uh, financially and every otherwise. So I asked the good Lord, you know, I'm here. You have me here. What am I supposed to do? And he said, what's your gift? What did I give you? Organize. And I thought, well, how can I organize from being in, in and out of surgeries and not being able to do anything? And he said, what if you died? Do you have everything in place? And I'm like, well, I thought I did. I knew it, but did anyone else know it? So you can be the most organized person you want to be, but if no one else can find it, well, then that's a little bit of a challenge. So I started researching and even my husband said, no more organizing books for you because I read 33 and I couldn't stop. It was just this insatiable um, because that's all all I had to do was read. So I just started researching, researching, and I found they were all cookie cutter and not to be mean or anything, but they were all saying the exact same thing. But I found my clients needed something else. So I thought, hmm. You know, there was two ways I could go. Later on, the book came about personalities, but I ended up getting certified and all that. But I was finding deeper, deeper meanings into organization and what it meant. And so I thought, what if I died? How do I help those help me? How long were you bedridden? Like, how long was this whole process going on where you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you couldn't work? Now you're like, what do I do now, Lord? You know, like you said. So how long was this? It was six years in and out of surgery, six years and seven for complete healing, which is the perfect number. But yeah, it took six years just to do Legacy Works research and development because I had to get in and I had to start saying, well, what do people need? You know, and it started off with immediate personal data the stuff that you're going to need when something happens. And then it got into, well, who do you want to contact? And it got into immediate contacts. It got, and it starts blanketing over each one. I got in there, you know, 99 questions. 
how do we really even know you? What if you died today? Did anybody really know the backstory? Because it's all about the backstory. And some just some things I had an 81-year-old client do legacy works and her son didn't know she was allergic to roses and onions. So guess what? He got her roses all the time. And he goes, well, what did you do them? She said, I threw them away. And he's like, mom, you should have said something. She goes, you brought me roses. So, but it's stuff like that, that kept on going. What about passwords? You don't want those just out in the middle of nowhere. So just tell me where they are. Guide me. It's kind of like even beyond the grave, just guide me where I need to go. And once I got that done, I did it. It was an exercise in personal, and I tried to get Hank to do it. And you know how men are. Yeah, her her husband, for those of you listening. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so I had the framework done, but he wouldn't do any of the other questions or anything like that. And I said, well, you got to help me. I'm trying to figure this out. I finally got it all done, and I presented it to him at Christmas time. You know, he wasn't the one excited about it. My kids were excited about it. They're going, mom, this is awesome. This is genius. This can help us navigate if something happens to you guys now. Now they had it all. So it was kind of a neat, in a nutshell, one thing to do. And you know how you have your, you might have your burial package done, which I did, and have the estate trust done, which I did. But this goes beyond that stuff. And it's a little more, I'm going to say, Micro, I would guess. So if someone's listening to us today and they're facing an obstacle and their life got interrupted and now their career is in, you know, a limbo stage, besides everything that you created, what came out of this, what kept you going? What kept you motivated to keep pursuing this passion or dream or what made you even flip to start doing your own thing instead of working for someone else. But knowing you're in this place now in your life and a lot of people would give up. They would just give up and feel like life is over, especially going through seven years worth of surgeries and being bedridden for so many months. I thought you had shared with me, it was like six months you were bedridden. So someone who's listening that might be in that situation or has been and maybe did give up, but now is thinking, gosh, maybe I do want to pursue my passion again. What kept you going besides what you created? What just kept you going inside so that you did pursue this? That's a really good question. So what keeps you going is you always are reinventing yourself. Okay, I'm now on to my next chapter, and that's Lisa Bryce 2.0. Okay, so and I'll tell you about that. But what keeps you going is to know that you have an incredible gift that only you got from the good Lord. I mean, other people have the same kind of gift, but nobody has the gift that was given specifically to you. And so our mission here on life is to use those gifts that are given to us for the benefit of other people, because we all have something to give, right? And so if we keep looking, and then again, if you put down your goals and you say that someday I'd like to write a book, that was on my bucket list forever. And 20 years later, I finally did it. So like you said, if you have goals and dreams, don't give up on them. And and there's a crossroads that all small businesses come to. Everybody's been there. Everybody, I tell you. And so you can keep going and keep, keep pressuring on, or you can give up and go the easy route. So there's always two ways to go. If you keep persisting, 
it gets better. And the, and then there's other wines around the thing. You never know when opportunity is going to come. And recently, I lost my beloved husband. As of Wednesday, it will be one year. So it I hasn't can't even believe been, it's been quite a year. year. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it either. So in that, now, am I reinventing myself again? Absolutely. Because now, we not only do I not have his help, so everything's on me, but I also don't have his financial part of it. So now half of my income is gone. So now I'm going back to work. So I'm doing all kinds of stuff, which is really fun. I, I'm going back to grocery, which is really wild because I actually did that when I was 16 as well. But I'm doing professional organizing. Always it will be my love. But I thought if COVID happens, if something else happens, I needed the security of having benefits and stuff. So that's why I went that route. But I will always do organizing because it is my, I play. It's not even work. <laughs> That's what you got to find. Well, I love, Lisa, with everything that you've gone through. First of all, you know, the the injury, the long-term recovery and getting through that. You had your partner with you to help you do that. Now you're in a different stage of life. And some of you know, our listeners will be too. Now, you know, you've lost your spouse unexpectedly, really. And now you've had to navigate life alone. So I still see the energy and excitement. You're still smiling. How did you get through that loss? I mean, he was a part of your life for a really, really, really long time. Share how long you guys were together. And then just how did you get through to keep going and not get into like a funk? Thank you for that question. Well, actually, I was nine years old and he was 10 years old. We lived around the block from one another. We were um, best friends, great kids together, went to separate high schools and then met up my senior year and were inseparable from then on. We were married. We dated two years. We're married 43. So we say 45 years. He was truly my best friend. And yes, it's a great loss. But his legacy is so amazing. I mean, we had standing room only at his funeral. And so I, I hope to have that someday. What an impact he had on the lives of people and how much they loved him. So how do you keep going? You keep going because number one, he's no longer in pain. And that is comforting, you know, and he's with the good Lord now. So there's hope in that, you know, and, and the fact is, what, I might have another 20 years, I'll be with him. You know what I mean? So what am I going to do with the 20 years? And what's my mission? Because obviously his was over, mine's not. I'm still here. And so it's never too late. That's what I'm trying to tell your listeners. It's never too late to invent yourself or reinvent yourself and get those dreams that you've always wanted to be because our time here really is so short, so short. Thank you for saying that, Lisa, because that is what this podcast is about. You know, it's never too late. You're never too old to follow your passions and dreams. And I want to encourage all our listeners that no matter where you are in your life, that there's still time to reinvent yourself, to follow that dream you gave up on, to think about what it is you're you're passionate about. So can you share with our listeners any practical strategies or tips on looking to identify their passions? Maybe they're not sure where to start, like maybe some ideas that you could share with them. That's perfect. And I don't mean to brag about the book, but this took a year. Ruth Holowinski, my dearest friend, actually helped me write this book. And it is about personalities. So what happens is if you don't know what your personality is, then how do you ever move forward? So what this does is it helps us with who we live with and everything else. 
And once you get your personality, then you cut out all the rest of the red tape and you move forward because now it's fun. It's your passion. It's not something that's dreadful. I was doing a coaching session and I was talking to a guy and I could tell just by looking at him, I knew who he was. He worked for a CPA and he says to me, he says, how do you know what your personality is? And I said, well, tell me what you do. And the way that he said it to me is, I'm a CPA. And he seemed ashamed. He seemed like, and I looked at him. I said, tell me what you do for a hobby. And he goes, oh, I love to hike and bike and everything. And I said, let me ask you something. I said, you've been doing this for about 30 years and you don't like it. And he looked at me and he goes, how did you know? And I said, because it's not your personality. He got in there at 16 because it was his uncle's business. And so he was good at it. So he stayed there, but it wasn't what he was passionate about. You have to find what you're passionate about, whether it's cooking or something. But there is a field for that. No matter where you go, whatever your passion is, there's something open to you. So it's never too late to start. And this is what Second Act Success and all of this is that Marie's doing, is that it's never too late. If you love it and you need to find direction, talk to somebody. You can ask me, ask Marie, talk to someone and say, gosh, I really don't know what I want to do. We can just ask you questions and guide you through it. And then eventually you're going to say, oh, my gosh, that's exactly something I want to do. And then it's fun because if I didn't have if I didn't need to make any money and life was just like open, I would help every person find their passion and their and do a small business from it. That that would be my joy. So, well, that kind of leads me into a question I want to ask you is. What role did mentors, support networks, or resources play in your journey of finding and pursuing your passion? I know you did years of research and read so many books, but what other mentors played a part in in helping you discover or make this a reality? You know, I searched for mentors for a long time and, and nobody either wanted to take the part or nobody wanted to do it because everybody's so busy. And you seek out mentors who are go-getters. You're not seeking out somebody who's not doing anything with their life. They're usually seeking out somebody like Marie or somebody who's who's doing something with their life. And so they were all too busy for me. But when I started to dig deep and get into some of the uh, research, because I just love research. Anyway, I'm kind of weirder that way. When I started getting into that and I saw like Peter Walsh with organizing, it's minimal and all these personalities that had different types of organizing. I thought, well, what's mine? And so mine was based on personality. I started seeking out Janice Whiting, who did ICOM4, which is leadership gap assessment in organizing and find, I mean, excuse me, in personality and finding out who you were. Mary Missison, personality lingo. She was also involved in True Colors way on. And I got certified through that. I mean, just they are heroes of mine because they opened my eyes to something different besides just organizing. It actually went turned into something else because it wasn't only about doing the organizing, but it was about why. And, you know, and that's the whole thing is the why is why we do what we do. Right. Thank you for sharing all that. So, you know, there's so many ways to to explore things that you love to be doing to find out if it is something for you. But I want to piggyback on what you were sharing about the different personalities. So I took your test and it was super fun. And I found out that I was a sapphire. So can you explain a little bit about the different personalities on for what you do? 
goodness, that's that's almost a whole show in and of itself. But it's awesome. Yeah, just a quick, so, you know, go through of uh, yeah. How here's, that a, here's just a quick thing. We believe that all stones are precious, but there are only four precious stones. The rest are semi-precious. And so in these four stones, we thought these personalities fit really well together. So the diamond personality is your CEO, your manager, your your presidents, those in leadership. They don't like a lot of clutter. If you ever notice, you know these people and they don't like a lot of clutter. So that's how how we know just by looking at them, what they are. The next one is the the emerald. And the emerald is a conceptual. A lot goes on up here. They're problem solvers. In your head, she's saying. In your head, yes. In your <laughs> they're head. just hearing and, us. And they're problem solvers. So they look at a situation, they can solve the problem. And they're paper pilers and they're chronological pilers. So that's how you can kind of look at their desk and know who they are. The sapphires, which is Marie, are wonderful, wonderful sapphires. They actually are the compassionate people. They're the people people. They care about people. I'm also a sapphire. And they really want to help. They find meaning in helping people in life. And so that's why Marie has this podcast going, because she really wants to help people. And that's a beautiful thing. But they're also the ones that are like nurses and doctors. They're in the service of people. And then you have our rubies. Our rubies are the fun fly by the seat of your pants coming in with <laughs> with the last minute, but making a grand entrance. And they're often in sales and, and Hollywood. They're just a fun person. You want to be around them if you want to party. You follow them because they are the party. And it's just fun because they're kind of, they don't stay long. So when they're being organized, it's got to be on a grab and go. Whereas the sapphires, they're very sentimental. So if you give them anything, they have a tendency to save it. And they, it all has meaning on yes, the desk. Unfortunately. So I was <laughs> to be on channel 31, Marques Allen says, I don't believe any of this personality stuff. And I said, oh, really? Okay. And so he said, you're going to have to make me a believer. So live in studio, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just going to mess it up right here. Like, you know, all of my, my life's work, so to speak. And they had me go down a list of 35 desks and what was on the desk determined what the personality was. And I actually got all 35 desks right. And he goes, okay, okay, I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. And I said, oh, that's good. You know, and everything. He was just shocked. He was shocked that it was fun. That's fun. Yeah, no, it's super fun. So I'm glad, you know, that came up because a lot of people listening might not even know what their personality type is. And Marie, what we did is we made it a real short read. I don't know about you, but give me in a nutshell. I don't like any fluff. I don't have time for that. I want a quick read in a nutshell. Tell me about the personalities. So if it's okay, the, the book is on Amazon.com. It actually, you can uh, buy it. It's Kindle okay. or it's hard. Or, um, soft you need copy. to share the name of the book. Oh, the name is The Secret, uh, the Secret of Getting Organized and Staying Organized. Because if you know your personality type, you can actually stay organized better because otherwise you'll buy a thousand different organizing tools and none of them work. But if you know who you are, you know how you operate, you can manage it really easy. So that's just one of the, the tools that we have. But in a nutshell, like I said, Peter Walsh, less is more. Julia Morgenstein, she does it all in here. She's one of the uh, the emeralds. And then we have Marie Condi, who do you love it? Do you want it? Do you, she's a sapphire. And so mine is personality. So it's more the ruby when you get them all together and you get that. But each person has their niche and we just have to help you find your niche. 
Thanks so much for sharing all of that, Lisa. It's so fun to know that stuff. I think that helps a lot when it comes to knowing, kind of going in what direction you want to go into when you know your personality and what you love to do. But I want to ask you, you had mentioned in the beginning that you had some some resistance or some skepticism to what you were doing. So I know once you explained to the women what you were up to and they were like, oh, I need you now. But what other resistance or skepticism from others when you embarked on your passion driven journey did you face that you can share with our listeners? And then how, you know, how did you handle it? Oh, my gosh, Marie, this is the best question of all, because your own family sometimes can be very disheartening. Well, you can't do that. It won't work. It won't, you know, nobody wants organizing. Nobody will pay for that. Nobody. And when you start to hear all that negative, you start to get really deflated. You think, okay, maybe I shouldn't even try. And so what I did is I was working full time and I stepped out and I did it on the side. You never want to go cold turkey because you never, you just don't know. Right. So I started doing on the side and I just started telling people, well, people are like, heck yeah, I need you. And so it it became more and more and more to where I was just able to just quit my job and I went full time into organizing. That's how it works is don't just do something. You've got to test the waters. And believe me, I did a lot of freebies. Let me tell you. So in the beginning, you do freebies and all you ask for them is Marie, give me some kind of a, a Yelp review or something like that that shows how, what, what you thought and how you felt about the organization after it was done. And so by getting that, it's getting street cred going on. And that once you get that, people are more apt to trust you, refer you, that kind of stuff when they've actually used you. But if they've never used you, they don't really know. And I can't, I can't refer somebody I don't know or has never used. That's very difficult for me. So that might make it hard for someone else. If you're feeling the same way, then you know there's someone else that's feeling the same way, right? But I know a lot of our listeners aren't interested, let's just say, in creating a new career. You know, maybe they just want to follow a passion that they have or a dream. It's so true that we think that our family will be the most supportive person to give us that, you know, oh, we're rooting for you. We're so excited for you. But no, it's so weird. It's like they tend to be the least supportive And, you know, I think it's because they're just comfortable with the way we are right now. And they don't want to see you make a change because now it might mean something different to your relationship with them. They don't want to see you grow or be happy in what that. Oh, my gosh, she's pursuing something new. What does this mean for us? Everything was great before. Why do they think that they can do something different now? Well said, Marie. What happened was like my husband was even worried because what happens if you become successful and you're never around? What happens to us? And people don't like change as it is. So you almost have to reassure them that I'm the same person. Yes, I'm, I'm busy, but I'm you know, not neglectful in any way. And you have to remember that they are your support system. And so what you would do without them, I don't know. But I try it's it isn't a, a balancing act that you really have to think about before you step out. What happens if I become successful? Really over the top, oh, a wildfire, you know, what happens? Yeah, follow a hobby I love to do or. Yeah. And what happens if I don't become successful? Where do I go from there? What does that look like? And you just need to really have a come to Jesus moment with yourself 
and start to just map out the what ifs and the whys. And sometimes it's, I've had organizers say to me, can I just work for you? I don't want to go and market and I don't want to do all that other stuff. Can I just work for you? Well, as a matter of fact, I am, and now that my husband's uh, passed on, I actually picked up some work from a friend who has a downsizing company. And so what I go in and I do for her is just in the afternoon, we stage the place and it is so fun. And we're working with a whole bunch of other women that are just amazing. So sometimes you can piggyback onto someone else who's doing something you love, even though you don't want to do all the marketing and website and all that other stuff, because that's a lot of work, as you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that, hey, you know, it might not be a, you know, a career change or starting something of your own, but there's other things that we might want to pursue. And and regardless of what it is, there's always that hesitation from the people that are the closest to us, you know, to support us. So I just wanted to really be clear and share about that. So I wanted to ask you, were there any pivotal moments or experiences that solidified your belief in following your passion? Any stories you could share that you knew you were in the right place, it was the right time, and you're doing the right thing? Oh, that's a good question. My first couple of people were nightmares, and I'm not I'm not going to lie. Not only did I do it for less money, but it was also really bad. One lady, my very first, one of my very first customers didn't even pay me, and I was hungry. You know when you need the money? Didn't even pay me and owed me $600. So... I got swindled into that. I did a lot of work for her for an entire week. And then she decided not to pay me. And I thought, well, how do you, and you know, the pitfalls. Okay, so that isn't going to work. How can we do this again? We were doing it by section where you go, okay, I'll do your garage for X amount. And that didn't work either because some people would break out a photo album and then show you their family for three hours. And although I, I enjoy that kind of stuff, I was there to do a job. So for me, it's the longer you do something, the better you get at it. And I learned that I had to do it by hour and that kept people focused. And then it goes even further where you ask your clients, can you please give me this four hours? Because we make a bigger mess in four hours. You can't get anything done less than that. And so it's a four hour minimum to be off their phone and to make sure they've told everybody today I'm organizing. So people are really good about everything. And then as you go, sometimes we get attacked. The plumber and I got attacked by a cat. So you ask them to put the animals in if you can. That She didn't like the move of the lady's husband had passed away. And so the cat didn't like any movement in the house and so got to the plumber and me. <laughs> and so anyway, so just stuff like that, that, you know, you learn as you go, like anything. And so I'm just saying, if you really love what you're doing, or you love to do something else that even if you do it on the side for fun or help a friend, just start with a friend. Just say, hey, I I love to organize. Can I help you? Do you have anything that needs to be organized? You might say, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a garage. You want to help me? There you go. And it just starts there. And it kind of accumulates. Now, you've done a lot in your life, too. I I would love to interview you because you're (laughs) Amazing. So maybe at some point uh, I will interview Marie. Yeah, we'll do a a podcast with you interviewing me. Yeah, because you have a lot to say. Oh, you're awesome. I'm trying to bring some really amazing women to my listeners so that they can hear some great stories and be inspired. And I think they'll be inspired by you today, Lisa. When did you know you were on the right track and you were doing what you know you're supposed to be doing for the rest of your life? 
Or at least for this second half of life. <laughs> yeah, for the second half. Well, it was really neat because you know it's not you when you know it's God. Because like the radio program, I had a program on boomer issues and it was very interesting. And my friend Ruth had worked in radio, but she didn't tell me that. And so I thought, how am I going to ever do a radio on uh, KTKZ, which is you know 88,000 listeners on the Salem Communications And I didn't know what I was doing, never done radio, never done anything. And so she says, don't worry, we got this. And I'm like, really? And so I got on there and then I found how fun it was. And all of a sudden, Dan Lundgren was going to come on, but he didn't get uh, revoted. We had LifeLock. We had had so many people lined. It was so fun. And we talked about boomer issues. And it was just like God just said, I just need you to step into it. I'm going to provide. I'm going to make it happen. You just need to be there and be available. And so I did. And it was so fun. They asked me back, but I went into surgery. And so I had committed to a year. And so did East Lawn, which was my sponsor. And they asked me back again. And I would probably do it. But it was a lot of work. But it was it was really so much fun. And before you go, I want to make sure that I get a free Legacy Works in everybody's hands. So Oh, no, don't worry. We're not ready yet. We're we're getting there, but that's awesome. Yeah, I just want, you know, I could hear the excitement. Like you you knew you were on the right track and things were falling into place and things just happened the way they were. They Everything aligned and you knew you were on the right path. So how is following your passion in the second act of your life shaped your sense of purpose and fulfillment? Oh my gosh, I am so in love with people. The second part of my life, having lost my very best friend my in the world, has just taught me that I truly, truly want to represent Jesus Christ in my life and his love and compassion for people. I want to help them in any way I can. I feel drawn toward people just to express that they can do it, to give them a gift of encouragement and inspiration and say, whatever it is, you can do this. Let me help you. And and all of a sudden, people are just saying, you know, thank you for your help. You didn't have to do this and this, that. No, no, I'm glad that I can. I'm glad I have the ability to do that. And so it's just fun because people are just awesome. We got a short time here. We want to make the best we can. We want to leave a legacy, first of all, and we want to be able to have our legacy continue long after we're gone. I believe if you invest in people, then I believe that legacy will live on. Because if you smile and you think of me, then I've done a good job, haven't I? Yes. You know? Yes. That's a good legacy. And I do smile when I think of you, Lisa. Oh, you make I me smile, smile. When I think of you too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I think about, you know, like I said in the the original show that was sharing what Embrace the Encore was about. It's like I don't want to come to the end of my life and facing the Marie that I could have been. Right? Yes. And, you know, I heard that, you know, someone say that and it just hit me. Oh, my gosh. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I I want to really emphasize that to our listeners that don't come to the end of your life without realizing your passions and dreams and face the you that you could have become but you didn't. So that's why I want to encourage you to really think about that and where you want to be and where you are right now. I want to ask you to share some final words of encouragement, 
or advice that you'd like to share with our listeners who are on their own journey of pursuing their passions later in life? Your own journey is put the pros and cons down. Put something down on paper. And then what are the pros about it? What will I get out of it? What's the sense of satisfaction or meaning in my life? And what are the cons? What am I up against? Nobody on their deathbed ever wanted to do more dishes or anything else, but they did want to make a difference in this life. And we all have 24 hours. You know, people always say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Well, that's not true because we have 24 hours and we actually set priorities based on those 24 hours. In other words, if I want to buy a Gucci bag, it's going to happen because I have put it in my my 24-hour bug. Whereas, you know, if you don't have something like that, that, that then the time is just, it, it literally is wasted. It's Murphy's Law, right? You want to make a difference. So set some of those goals. What's on your bucket list? That's exciting. And that's part of Legacy Works is what's on your bucket list. And you have to write this down and then you check them off as you go. Did you do everything that you wanted to do. I mean, I don't want to skydive, but my husband did it twice. And so that was on his bucket list and he did it twice and he loved it. But I don't want to go out of a perfectly good airplane. No, so I'm, me, I'm with I you there, Lisa. No, I'm, no, thank you. I'll stay on the ground and watch. I did get to watch my daughter and grandkids go uh, skydiving. So that was enough for me. But yeah, you're yeah. right. So go ahead. Yeah. But I have jumped off a 40 foot cliff. I've I've done everything I think I I possibly could do physically while you're young. And then when you get older, it's more mental stuff. It's more about purpose and meaning. Whereas, you know, when you're young, you better get all that out. I love the idea of the bucket list. I actually started that a long time ago. I think I learned that through Jack Canfield. He has a bucket list with 100 items and and he crosses them off as he does them. Right. So that's another way. Start small. Just put 20 down. There's got to be 20 things you'd like to do in the span of what you're, what's left of your life, especially if you're after 50, because we're assuming you get to live to 100, but most of us never will. But that's half your life gone. If you're 50, now you're in the second chapter of your life. And then if you lose your beloved spouse or you get divorced or whatever happens in that span, now you have to reinvent yourself. That's why I said Lisa Bryce 2.0, because now... I've got another chapter that has been closed and now I'm looking at a, a you know a brand new chapter in my life and sometimes it's not without regret because I had the most beautiful love story I was blessed beyond measure so I I'm happy and now I'm I'm starting a different thing but anyway I don't want to leave you guys without legacy works and that is a compliment for Marie to be able to to do that so I'm excited Yeah well I'm glad we were able to you know share this part of it, you know, even like the bucket list and yeah, get started with something small, five items, 10 items, 20 items, just start building. And as you're doing things and you're experiencing things and you're learning about yourself and what you love to do, you'll start adding to that. And then that might turn into something of a career or, you know, a passion that you never even knew you had, right? It's kind of like a business plan, Marie. We set our business plan ahead and it's saying, where do you want to be in six months? Okay, so you kind of forecast that out. Where do you want to be in a year, five years, 10 years? My son-in-law is starting a tattooing business. And so I did the same thing. I asked him, where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? Oh, well, he started thinking about it. I want to be in a bigger building. I want to be, then this is, this is the same thing that we have to think about here. 
Like what happens? Hank and I would talk about it. What happens when one of us leaves this earth? What's left for the other one? What do we do? Where do we go from here? And once you kind of have those conversations, because a lot of people don't want to talk about death. They don't want to talk about any of that, but it's necessary because it's going to happen one way or another. My brothers and sisters were having a family reunion in October here, and we've all sat around and said, you know, one of us is going to die first. And we never dreamed it would be Hank because he was the healthiest of all of us. So see, you never know. Right. You don't know. You know, no, nope. that's so true. Gosh, there's so much we could talk about. We could I just know, go on, right? but I, I feel like I feel like we've brought a lot, you know, of inspiration. I think to our listeners today, and I hope they feel inspired at least by our conversation. Before we close, I do want to ask you how our listeners can connect with you to learn more about your work and the resources you offer. And you mentioned legacy work, so share that. With our listeners, I'm so excited to be able to gift this to them from you. I'm hoping my legacy was that I want to make this world a better place for having lived in it and served in it. So I am so grateful for this time, Marie. I just want to thank you in advance. I think what you're doing is amazing, and I can't wait to hear and see all of the exciting things. And if I could be of any help to you, you know I'm there, girl. And I want you to share your story because it's even more incredible than mine. But I know in my heart that everyone would be better with a Legacy Works. So I'd like to give a free Legacy Works to any of your listeners at this time. But so email me and the email is timeworks, T-I-M-E-W-O-R-K-S, organizing at gmail.com. That's timeworks, organizing at gmail.com. And so what I want you to put in the subject line is Marie. I want a Legacy Works. Through the end of September, you're going to get a free Legacy Works. It's a $99 value, but it's going to be free for any of Marie's listeners because that's how much we'd like to put it in your hands and have a gift to Marie for you. So thank you for listening. I am honored. I am blessed. And I am so grateful. That is so generous of you, Lisa. Thank you so much. I would hop on it right away. Just don't waste any time to get that gift from, from Lisa. I'm so, thank you. Thank you. And Marie, if, if anyone can't remember any of that, it's easy to remember. Get on uh, the web anywhere, lisabrise.com, and you'll find me all over the place. So it's L-I-S-A-B-R-Y-S. Dot com, lisabrise.com. And so you'll see me on the profiles. There's Legacy Works, there's Time Works, there's my book, there's all that stuff. So it, I'm easy to find. And 916 205 5034, if you want to call me, 916 205 5034, or Lisa Brise 7, just the digit, Lisa Brise 7 at gmail.com. That's awesome. You have so much to offer. I'm so Glad that you agreed to come on and, and share your story with us. And I know all our listeners will be inspired. Thank you again, Lisa, for being here. And thank you for all of you listening today and joining us on this episode of Embrace the Encore. We hope this conversation has inspired you to take bold steps towards embracing your passions and living a life of fulfillment. Until the next time. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Embrace the Encore. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. Remember, it's never too late and you're never too old to reclaim your dreams and live the life you're meant to live.